Miko Yelif, welcome back to Fix the Money. Yeah, Wasowski, it's nice to have you here. In our humble little studio, we're doing this live to tape, basically, for the first time. Yeah, and hold on. Before we even start, it is block number 779-595. I know you've been doing that in all of your videos. 779-595. So. We have a, a Stream Deck plugin now that, one, that uh, a, a, a Viennese Pleb Quilly did the Stream Deck plugin. So we'll put this in the show notes for anybody who wants a Stream Deck plugin for the, for the block height, okay. block time. Quilly, good man. All right. So yeah, Fix the Money. So now uh, domain is fixed, fixthemoney.net. And the website looks great. You've been doing interviews the last couple of weeks and days. You've been busy. We've got all kinds of content written-wise that are coming out. It's uh, pretty busy here at uh, Fix the Money headquarters. So. <laughs> it's a Fix the Money headquarters here in, in 1050 Vienna. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you have been busy you know, hanging out on, on Noster and getting to know everyone. <laughs> mm, I've tried, yeah. That's, uh, it's an interesting place, and it's, it's strange that a non-Bitcoin protocol would take up all the room of Bitcoin protocols uh, in the 21st century, but that's where we are. Isn't, isn't Noster officially a Bitcoin protocol by culture already? I mean, it's, it's basically Twitter with the added feature of Bitcoin. Well, the funny thing is that Twitter always had this, uh, or not always, but it had this tipping functionality. And you can go and hit the money button on someone's profile, but then it integrates only with Strike. But there's no lightning on posts. You don't have any of the nips where people are zapping each other. Satoshis like on Noster. Since I logged on onto Noster for the first time, I'm yeah. getting like random sets, right? Uh, um, like all, all, all during the they are, but it's like people are sending you like single sets. Okay. Or like or like single cents actually, not single sets probably, but single cents. And and then on the, on, at, at the same time, people are saying like, okay. Um, Bitcoin is you can't use Bitcoin for transactions, right? And mm. and and you you need. I mean, we we already see that it's working for microtransactions. I'm very proud, and I actually I actually looked for um, like I compared the my our last my my last fixed money post that I wrote about um, Nigeria and the Lebanon, and I compared mm. it with um, like the reactions and the engagement that I got on Twitter, where I have like. 23,000 subscribers or 23,000 followers and then on Nostra but I have who's like, counting I have like 800 um, but the engagement on Nostra was was bigger much more yeah yeah. I think on Nostra there's much more of an incentive for people to provide feedback because uh, it's a way that they get to show up on other relays people see the profile then your pub key gets out there right because that's the goal of Nostra is a little bit of public key infiltration like you want your key, your public key, your profile to infiltrate as many other relays as possible so that you're always on someone's client. So every time I pop it open, I see Nico Yilk talking about X and Y, right? Okay, so this was not planned as a Nostra episode, but I do have to ask, and I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. to ask stupid questions here now, okay? So if, I'm, if we're not on the same relay, I cannot see what you're posting. Is that what you're saying? Well, the relays, what they're always doing is sort of... Um, it's like a megaphone, right? They're taking that information and just spewing it out and other clients are taking that information in. So it's not that I have to be connected exactly to that relay because I can also seek you out. And if I have sought you out, if I found your public key, then I'll follow you no matter what. I see. So, so if, 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 you, if I want you to randomly stumble upon my posts, if, we, if you're not following each other... The best thing to do is to write your Nostra notes to the biggest relays possible. 
the standard relays like the Damas relay or the snort social, wherever most people are going to be, you shoot it out to that because a lot of people are reading from that relay. But isn't there a danger that it gets centralized now that we have decentralized social media? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because relays don't really have that danger. All they're doing is sort of propagating, right? And the thing about the relays is you can have your own. Uh, so a lot of the now in Umbral and in Start9 and all these like node in the box things, you can have your own relay that you run at home. I mean, I have my relay, nostr.yil.at, uh, which has been very overloaded. <laughs> Am I even using that? Uh, probably not. I don't know. You have to. Did you actually type it in? No. Okay. I have, but I did type in one other relay from 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 a, from a guy that I follow on Twitter okay. that I know, um, and he told he invited me. To join his relay and i'm like Ooh. i'm absolutely joining your relay Welcome man. To I, have the no club. I, I have no idea what i'm doing but but so but i'm we're using my um cluelessness as a journalistic tool here so i can ask you questions about nostr um and i can use our time um together to learn sure. i think i think so so what i've seen on nostr so far well first of all for me it's a bit of a problem because i actually deleted the twitter app from the cell phone to get more have more time to, to produce content and not to you know argue with no coiners um and now i'm uh, I, I, now I, i'm on relay and uh, not on relay on twitter on twitter on nostr um which is also on my phone but it's a little bit janky and i don't really know what i'm doing so it's not a big deal mm -hmm. um but it's also i mean I get it. What I what I see is that there is many people who are very much into like the technical stuff that are super excited, and sure. I, li I like that. I like the fact that you can that you can combine your your public key with um, with your Lightning address. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really an interesting way forward. It's 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 absolutely fascinating to see to see uh, Jack from Jack Dorsey, who invented Twitter basically, uh, the the co-founder, um, to see him on 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 uh, on. I'm lost her all day long, right? Yeah. But then at the same time, um, what I wanted to know is this nostroplabs.com. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. What is that? I mean, I, I'm already joined it. I have an email address and everything, but what is it? So you have a lightning address. You don't have an email address. Actually, you don't even have a lightning address. You have a NIP05 address. And essentially what that does is it's a verification so there's a small piece of code, a JSON file, that's embedded over there on nostroplebs.com that points your public key to your name. So it says Nico equals, you know, NPUB, whatever. So what that, what is that is doing, it's basically decentralized identity. So it's allowing people to claim their identity, whatever the domain might be, and their name. So Jack has cashapp. or cash.app or something like this. Uh -huh. I have like mine, my domain, yael.at, and I just have yael at that. So it's, it's a way to have a badge system, but there is no central committee that organizes the badges. But it's a way to not get scammed, essentially. Because if you have some well-known Bitcoin person who's there and says, hey, you know, check out my wallet, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, they're asking a lightning invoice for 150,000 sats, you know, you know that's a scammer because it's not actually their domain. So it is a verification tool. I see. So technically anybody could do Nico at nostroplebs.com or whatever service it is. So this is the kind of thing is you have the normal tools and then you have people who are building all kinds of different solutions for them. So yeah, we can Nostra Nostra all day long and I'm sure you will and I'm sure I will. And uh, I hope you're using some of the web clients too because those are pretty cool. But I did check them out. All right, good. So I wanted to do a little bit of a trivia thing with you. 
basically, we know that there are a lot of whales out there, Bitcoin whales. Uh, they're walking amongst us. Perhaps you've passed one in the street. Perhaps you've seen one at a conference. Maybe it's that guy in the corner who doesn't talk. Maybe it's you. It could be me. Uh, but there are also governments that happen to be Bitcoin whales. And I wanted to go through the list of governments holding Bitcoin and talk about why they have it, what they do with it, what the plans are, and how I can get it for cheap. Or okay. you, I guess. And, and right? I, think, I think we have to do tell the audience that we have a deal that I did not look at the list beforehand. Because because um, we know that there is a website. It's called what is it called? Bitcoin uh, so Treasuries. BitcoinTreasuries.net, put together by uh, CoinKite. So the great Canadians over there. So I know from my shitcoin days. I know that the Tezos Foundation, I think, has about sixteen thousand bitcoins. Okay, let's let's, let's check you on the fly. Uh, so they've increased their holdings. Oh, oh really? Uh, now up to twenty four thousand eight hundred and eight. Well, well, good for them. <laughs> It's good for them. All right. Uh, now, however, uh, that does pale in comparison to the numbers by the United States government. How many Bitcoin do you think the U.S. government has? I have no clue. Are we talking Silk Road here? No, the Silk Road coins were bought from... Uh, not, by, all by, not all of them. It probably goes into, into six digits. Mm-mm. That's it too big. It's too big? They're not that big of a whale. <laughs> Um, is it the biggest government? Is the U.S. that the government... It is the biggest government, yeah. It's not the biggest single entity, but definitely the biggest government. So let's talk, let's see, let's talk, let's see, maybe 35,000. 50,676. Does it say where they are or where they get it? Where, where they, they are. From? Here's no, the I mean, chain where address. Where they got them yeah. from. <laughs> uh, so basically, most of these have come basically from being seized either from cyber hacking operations or any of the dark net markets. So but that's get, most of it has come. But they get, they, get, uh, they get auctioned off, right? Or do so, they keep them? So here's the thing is there are auctions that happen, and these things are scheduled ahead of time. They put them out there. Usually they're a bit cheaper than they were at the moment, but as soon as Bitcoin started rising like crazy, mostly 2017 and then 2021, they basically stopped those auctions. So right now, they just kind of have them. And it's the U.S. Treasury, and there's not really indi any indication as to what they're going to do with them. But they're there and locked up. But that means that the U.S. has, has well, they have more Bitcoins than we do. Mm -hmm. us, barely, us yeah. Barely. Yeah. And that means that they are, they are a whale. Yeah. Uh, do, are these like under the control? Did you say treasury? It is U.S. Treasury. So yeah. it's like under a centralized control. It's not like different agencies hold different. You know, I would assume they would have probably just like a Coinbase account. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would assume they don't have some multi-sig set up with a Trezor or, you know, cold card or something like that. No. But that's one of the main interesting uh, things talking about talking about nation states holding, yeah. holding Bitcoin. So when nation states hold uh, gold, right? You put it in a vault and it's behind like six different doors and there is like 12 different guards and there are security measures in place. Is it usually always one place or do they disperse it? In that's a good question. It, dep it, it depends on the country. So Austria has 280 tons of gold and half of it is out of the country. It's mostly, most of it is... UK or? It's in the UK. Most, okay. No, did they... Did they Get it out of the... No, no, it's still in the UK. It's still... There's it's still a, a sizable portion is in the UK and some is in Switzerland. It got stuck at the border after Brexit, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, this is a whole... This is a whole episode, but but yeah. there is a reason why. I mean, the, the Netherlands, Germany, and, and Austria got the gold back in 2015. Hmm. 2015 is 
for some weird coincidence, it was exactly 70 years after World War II ended, right? I see. 70-year cycle. Yeah. I, I mean, my personal opinion, but that was always my personal opinion, never got any... My personal opinion is that there was some, some sort of gentleman's agreement um, between, between the, the, the European, um, well, loser countries, mm-hmm. basically, and, and the Allies, and also because of the Cold War, and etc. Um, and we, we do know that there was a gentleman's agreement from the 70s when the, when the French got their gold back, that the, the famous De Gaulle sending um, uh, warships to New York to get gold from, from the Americans because he never trusted the Americans. Um, the, 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 the German Central Bank, um, the Ble- uh, under Karl Blessing, wrote a letter. It's, it's very famous. It's a blessing letter. You can look it up. Mm. And they, they wrote basically... A letter that, yeah, Germany, you know, out of the out of the goodness of our hearts, and because we thank you so much for getting rid of those Nazis and also protecting us from the from the Russians, um, we we will not seek uh, for our gold back. And then and then Nixon, Nixon in in, in August seventy one said, well, now you're not getting it back either way. And then actually, um, blessing, he talked about this not very very um, long afterwards, and he actually said, yeah, there was a. That was a huge mistake. I should have gotten that wow. gold back. Okay, so Germany lost all that gold that it had, or no, no. Officially, it's still with the Americans. Officially, it's still it's still uh, whatever it is that in the in the New York Fed. There was a story in, in I think 2012, fish somewhere, where some German lawmaker went to the, to uh, took like Bild Zeitung, which is the biggest tabloid mm-hmm. newspaper, yeah. and they would go to to the New York Fed and just you know knock on the door and say where's our gold at, and then and then of course they would send they, they would tell them to fuck fuck right off, and then they wrote a whole story about we went to New York but we're not allowed to see right, our gold. Right. Yeah, right? Some security guard to stop them. Okay, so they technically have some kind of ownership, but not really. So that's the thing with gold. Then that there is this 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 agreement, this idea that you know the central banks they always cooperate, and and yeah. the gold is 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 not to be touched. You know, if it's somebody else's gold, you keep it for them. And there's lots of trust because they trust each other. Uh, they they have cigars in Basel, so they know each other, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. small club, and we are not in it. And and. But the thing is that this trust, it broke down a little bit in the last couple of, 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 of years and decades because it was Chavez first who wanted to get his gold back for Venezuela shortly before he died. And, and the Bank of England told him to you know, take a hike. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we see the same thing, not with gold, um, with Russia, not with gold. Because because um, because Russia does have all its gold within its borders, but we see the same thing with with uh, currency reserves. Mm. Um, and actually, when when I went to the gold vault in in Vienna, they told me that you know one of the the, the things why we did actually get the gold to Vienna back physically because it doesn't really make sense from a market's perspective. You cannot sell the gold in Vienna; you have to bring it back to to London to sell it. Well, for that amount, yeah. yeah. Um, but but um, they told me that basically, you know, if something bad happens something really bad happens and somebody needs to call up Vlad in in moscow um, to see where the gas is at you know where the, the, the oil is at he's gonna want some payment you know and you need to be able to access that payment so it's basically like a, a super like super um, emergency piggy bank for um the republic of austria okay and for for those uh, english listeners who might not be familiar with nico's work he has been uh diving into the gold stuff for many years and uh, knows more than a lot of people and used to write the gold journal i remember this i wrote, I wrote a blog on my old newspaper yeah gold journal and i'm also i'm also writing the the 
de-dollarization uh, chapter for the Incrementum Gold Report from Roland Stöferle, which is um, always, you know, important for me because once a year I actually get to sit down and do the reading and do the writing. Yeah, um, but get back to basics. Yeah, but uh, honestly, I also I prefer doing like just in time stuff, stuff that I can immediately. <laughs> Um, you know, finish on the same day. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a, just an old journal, really. Old journal, very true. Fix the Money is brought to you by 21Bitcoin, the easy way to buy, sell, save, and send Bitcoin. 21Bitcoin is a Bitcoin-only app, not an exchange. There's no distractions. There's an individual savings plan, very low fees, first-class personal support, and a German bank account. Based in the Austrian Alps, it's available now throughout Europe. Download now using the code FIXTHEMONEY to get up to 20% off your fees over there on 21bitcoin.app. Not your keys, not your coins. You need a hardware wallet signing device. Check out the Bitbox O2. Swiss made, secure, beautiful, open source, Tor support, Bitcoin only, and an all-around outstanding product. Use the code FIXTHEMONEY on shiftcrypto.ch to get 5% off. That's the Bitbox O2. Fix the money. All right, pop quiz. Nation state number two in terms of Bitcoin treasuries. I think Bulgaria has a lot, and I think that Ukraine also has a lot. So it's the second guess. Ukraine has 46,000. 351. Maybe the whole war is about Bitcoin. Uh, you never know about that. Should we, should uh, we, should we put that as, as a title? Maybe, uh, you know, yeah. if it, is the Ukraine <laughs> war only about Bitcoin? Does Putin want Ukraine's Bitcoin? Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, but Could get us some clicks on the YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Of that. So El Salvador comes in only at number three. Only? Uh, I mean, three years ago, nobody knew what El Salvador even was. <laughs> 2,381 Bitcoin. And unfortunately, this number is not very well tracked. And there have been attempts to find out what the actual treasury is. But most of the accounting is really done by people looking at uh, the uh, president there. What's his name? Bukele's Twitter account. Oh, because really? he'll tweet out, El Salvador just you know bought the dip at whatever and has a hundred more Bitcoin. So basically, they they've the, tracked it through tweets. Did they buy the, the dip at sixteen hundred? Ah, they bought a couple. Oh, sixteen hundred. No, sixteen thousand. I mean, ah, I'm sure sorry. they did. I'm sure they did. Yeah, but they were also buying the dip at you know forty thousand. Well, who was <laughs> thirty five? Who was yeah. yeah, many people. Um, and then we have the Republic of Georgia coming in on the list, fairly low, sixty six Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know exactly where that is from. I would assume this would either come from because there is a lot of hashing mining that is yeah. happening in Georgia. Yeah. yeah, Could have been for payments, and they, they do have some kind of interesting um, new government programs where they're testing things out. Uh, Bulgaria is here listed, but no info. So we have to kind of go back and figure out why why that is. No, 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 the data set, unfortunately, but... Maybe yeah. I'm wrong about them holding a lot of Bitcoin, but I think they I think they do. just don't have the numbers. So it's on the list, Right. Yeah. So it's here for a reason, but we don't have that exact. Is there any EU country on the list besides Bulgaria? Uh, No. After that, it's just companies. Um, You know, we do have some Swiss companies and associations, um, German companies, but we have no and the ETFs and stuff. Does the Ethereum Foundation still hold Bitcoin? I don't think so. I don't see if on here, so no if. So Tezos, which hasn't done check shit. Since yeah. it was incepted in 2017, 
still has 24,000 Bitcoin. Yep. True. Yeah. And Vitalik has sold all his Bitcoin? Uh, could be. We, you never really know with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fellow Canadian. I don't know. Uh, I never can really trust him. Uh, but the numbers are really interesting in terms of the companies as well. And, you know, a lot of the money is tied up Bitcoin that is owned by entities is kind of in the market products. So you have your ETFs or your grayscale quasi ETFs, this kind of stuff that's happening right now. And a lot of questions around these companies, at least in the US. So the, the regulations, bank failures, not knowing if there's going to be a tomorrow for any bank or financial entity tied to Bitcoin. I mean, we are in, we are in deep trouble right now, aren't we? Silvergate Bank, some other bank. And then there's always, for me, there's always the question, what about Coinbase, really? I mean, they, they are the custodian for so many products, yeah. you know? Um, when you look, so in Europe, we have, we, we, in the US, there has been a whole, like a, a lot of debates regarding a Bitcoin ETF, right? Sure. So we have that in Europe. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a couple, actually. We don't have only one. We have at least five or six. Sure. We, have, we have Bitcoin Cash ETFs, for God's sake. Oh, my right? Um, but the thing is, they're not ETFs. They're ETPs or ETNs. Mm-hmm. The difference being that if they go bankrupt, you don't get your Bitcoin. You, ah, you, you so don't, it's all paper. It's, it's an IOU, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an IOU. Bec- and, and, and there's another rule in Europe, which is a bit weird. There's another rule in Europe that um, an ETF... It's not allowed to hold just one commodity. I, I don't know why. I, I don't. But it is a rule. So that's one of the reasons why we don't have gold ETFs. So the GLD ETF you cannot buy in Europe. Mm. And you will not be able, even if there is a real ETF, you, can, you won't be able to buy it in Europe. But you can buy the fake ETFs, the ETNs and the ETPs. And, and I looked into, I looked into like the main ones. And they, of course, hold their coins with Coinbase. So if Coinbase goes down, and we already you 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 remember the 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 the, the AGBs that are the, no that's German AGBs the what what do you call it that that the, the small print when that you have to sign off if you if you log on to the, the, the terms and conditions kind of thing terms, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they had this this thing that that, uh, that okay. you know all the the bit the Bitcoin belongs to them if if they go under um, so that's, you mean that that. that should make us nervous here. Yeah, but people should just take their money off of that. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do in mass, but why you say we should be afraid is basically price pressure. Because if yeah. all of a sudden these banks go down, the number of fiat on and off ramps decline significantly. And, you know, particularly for these banks, that it's not even, it's so removed from the individual Bitcoin user, Right. And that's the. This is what I hate about this this issue specifically. Is that what, that's why Bitcoin was created? Is that we didn't have to care or worry about institutions like governments or banks or corporations, right? It's this sovereign man who exists on this monetary network that's decentralized. But now we have to worry about the banks that have this. Do they have enough money? Do they have the licenses? And it's, it's sort of this dual worry that I have, too, is that if they have all of these issues and problems and all of a sudden all these custodians go under, then there is either all this Bitcoin that's on the market or inaccessible. And then who knows what happens to to price and value? It's not the protocol, by the way. That stays the same. And, and that's that's the point here. You, yeah. you always talk I and mean, you have to think in different times, time horizons and different speeds. Mm. On the one hand, yes, we, we we all know why we're talking about this. Obviously, if it goes, if 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 Coinbase 
You know, if Coinbase topples over, yeah. um, we're going to see Armageddon, right? It, I mean, in the end, it's, 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 it would be another test for the Bitcoin protocol. It would be another test for Bitcoin, for, for self-sovereign uh, storage. And, and, and we all love and, and, and adore this stuff. And if you don't go get your Bitbox O2 from Shift Crypto, use Fix the Money to get 5% off here. I shield it. Um, but, but at the same time, we still live like in the real world, right? Yeah. Um, and in the real world, uh, this structure... For me, it's it's an alternative system. So we and it, it can actually stabilize the old system um, because we have we have something to go to, right? Yeah. Um, Immediate but, liquidity if we need it. Yeah. Yeah, but th- there's also the overlap, like the overlap, and this is what we're talking about here: yeah, custodians yeah. and banks. And I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that we have banks, and I don't think it's a problem we have banks. I actually think it's it, it, it would be better if if there were more banks involved. Um, but the the problem is. When you when you talk to the people, I mean, first of all, there's regulation. So in Europe, we have we have new regulation that makes it even harder for banks now to hold Bitcoin, and then it, then and it's information. Yeah. So information means that that um, I mean, how many people who understand Bitcoin um, on the level that's necessary to explain it to a bank CEO are there in the world, right? And then and then how does the bank CEO get it through his board and through his his company and like the, the regulators and what's in it for him too. Mm. Right. Um, in the end. So we have one bank and I did a podcast with Joe Martin, who is a German guy who, who is uh, very, was very important in getting that bank online. It's the Volksbank Reifersenbank yep. Bayern Mitte. Uh, so actually, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this guy and, and they actually they are um, they are selling. What are they actually selling? They are helping people get into Bitcoin. They do not hold the Bitcoin as a custodian. Okay. So they are basically, so they sell like card wallets, yeah, like paper wallets, right? Um, and we can get into the details about the. the but paper they hold wallets. they hold some Bitcoin and then they sell it to you, or no? I don't think they actually hold it. Okay. I think they just. I think at at this moment it's just they education. Only, kind it's of. education, yeah. and then you can rent. Um, you can rent like a little safe deposit, take the deposit box and put your Bitcoin wallet in there. Right? Okay, sure. If you right? trust that, yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's, well, it is Germany, but yeah. It's, it's, it's Germany, which doesn't mean a lot, I guess. But yeah, so... Well, I'm thinking of, if we look at the Bitcoin treasuries list too, we got the big, I mean, all the big companies are obviously American. MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor, Marathon Digital Holdings, mining company tesla still has a good amount nine thousand. but tesla only bought bitcoin to just then send out send out uh, uh press releases that they just sold bitcoin again right uh they've sold like a little bit yeah and then you have block obviously you got riot blockchain and you have coinbase which yeah and they have thousands upon thousands of bitcoin that they are uh that are basically being custodied but coinbase does have a non-custodial sort of wallet where you do have a seed phrase. Like, so there are options for doing that. I don't know if these companies are doing it. Really, the safest way and the best way is just for any of these companies to just have a multi, you know, multi-signature wallet somewhere. Yeah, but that's, I mean, but, that's, that is something. Maybe, maybe it, is, it is easier than, than I think it is. But when you look at it from a country perspective, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we talked about gold in the first place. So the gold is not easy to steal. Even if you get into the vault, even if you know enough people who will let you in, even if you're like an insider, sure. 
it still is super heavy. <laughs> you need, I mean, you still, need equipment, you need you, trucks. Yeah. You need, exactly. You need equipment, you need trucks, and then you need to sell it on the market. So, All right, Freedom Convoy. It's your turn. I'm going to head down south to Fort Knox. Yeah. So, the, so the first, the first, I mean, obviously, if you if you get into, if you if you get to steal a country's Bitcoin, mm-hmm. it would be probably easy to 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 see where it's going, like on the blockchain, like with analytics and stuff. So that's that's like you know, getting running away with it is gonna be at least as hard as running away with a country's gold yeah. reserves. But is stealing it as hard? I mean, if it's you mostly have a, about people compromise, right? If you yeah. have a multisig, let's say there's six people in the multisig, you can still just get the six people together and say, "How about we take the Bitcoin and go?" You could, and you know, that, I think that's that's something that we're learning with small groups and organizations as well. So it's like a testing ground for what governments could be. You know, that's why you need to have. I mean, it's, again, I always think back to to government and and how governments are put together and how power is distributed. So you have a legislative branch, executive branch, uh, you have your legislative branch in some other countries. So if you have like these competing power structures, you know, if you have keys with each of these, you know, essentially they all have the incentive to not or don't have the ability to take it and run with it. Right. So you need to have that. But I don't know if we're going to get to that level uh, of sophistication. I think there will be just use of custodians. And this is the, the issue with a lot of the regulations that are happening around Bitcoin, because again, it's all about around Bitcoin. It has nothing to do with the protocol. It's just about on and off ramps and how it can move. And a lot of the non-custodial products that exist out there, which you should use, in which you have your seed phrase and your backups, that is something that just can't be regulated. And they're trying in the European Union, unhosted wallets, you know, this type of terminology. But it's all going to come down to those fiat on and off ramps and the custodians. And if custodians start going down left and right, I mean, I don't know how much more people need to hear it that they have to just withdraw to their own storage. I mean, even even Gary Gensler is on TV saying it's not your coin. Not no, your for, keys, not your coin. No, yeah, first, first he said not your keys, not your crypto, and then he, he changed it, right? Well, then, yeah, then he was talking to a good audience and he, <laughs> he understood. But I mean, that kind of stuff is why Bitcoin is special, why it is different than all the others plus the decentralized network that powers it and, you know, helps connect all the information and all the transactions or ordinals, God help you. You know, that is something that you just cannot have with your money. And you've done a great job the last couple of weeks in going through some of the money failures in countries like Lebanon and Nigeria. Uh, I've heard, I've actually read a lot more about what's happening in Nigeria with the Enaida, uh, the, just the capital controls that they're having, how much you can take out of the ATM, I mean, it, we, we kind of laugh about that, but, you know, that happened in Cyprus not too long ago as well. It happened in Greece not too long ago as well. So it, this is always something that's in the background, and, and hopefully people are just preparing themselves more and more. That's all I'll say. It's something, I mean, maybe I'll start with Suli Kobayashi from Lebanon, who told me that basically his, his parents had their money taken away se- several times by the government, right? And they would still be trusting in the in the government-run banking system and in yeah. the state-run banking system. I think that many Bitcoiners are probably underestimating the trust that people put into government institutions because we don't we put so 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 little trust into them, right? Well, that's the if you came into Bitcoin through Austrian economics, you have one view, and if you came into it through tech, you have another view. 
And if you came into it by number go up, you have a totally different view. If, so, yeah. you, if, if, you, if you're if you're still stuck in the number go up, um, you, you you're looking at Tesla's right now, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not trying to shield; I'm just making fun of right. them. Um, but but the thing with with what I learned, so first of all, it's absolutely amazing that I can just hop on, hop on Twitter and, and 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 connect with Bitcoiners all over the world and just um, spend time talking to them um, on the podcast. Honestly, one of the reasons I'm doing it as a podcast and we'll also launch it on um, Fix the Money, the YouTube channel. Um, one of the reasons is because most of the talks that I have with Bitcoiners around the world, I can't just use for the podcast and it's, it's, it's good for them. It's good for me. It's good for the, for the world. So why not put it out there? Right. Okay. Sure. So, so I talked to Suli and I talked to, to, to Mary in Nigeria and Mary was, I mean, Nigeria is a fascinating country, man. It's gonna, it has more than 200 million people. It's the biggest country in Africa. It's going to have, almost 800 million by the end of this century it, it's going to be close to what um i mean it's almost going to overtake china by the end of the century because china is going to you know basically china is going to collapse because of of, of, of demographics it's just that, yeah. it's, i have my my theory have i told you my theory on no the, hit me with your so theory. my theory on the chinese is it's it's it always comes down to the americans being smarter than everybody else right mm. So my theory is this. In 1971, Nixon ends the gold standard. In 1972, Nixon would go to China and bring them, basically bring them online, right? Bring, bring this gigantic um, um, thing, this gigantic country into the world economy. Not like, not flipping a switch, but taking the first step, right? And then, and then um, with, for the rest of the, of, of, of the century and even going into this century, the U.S. would work together with China to build China up, right? Especially after the Euros, the, the, especially after the, the, the Europeans started the Euro, um, they, they started, they stopped buying U.S. treasuries, right? They stopped structurally um, um, enforcing the dollar standard. They went on their own Euro standard. And then China just took, took over and, and ran with it until 2012. Thirteen. So in 2009, China would say that they want to get out of the dollar system for the first time. And in 2013, they said, um, we're not going to buy any more treasuries. But the thing with the one-child pol uh, one policies is so catastrophic. I mean, they are absolutely royally fucked. China is not... Ray Dalio is wrong. China is not going to be the next big empire. China is going to collapse because no, no country can, can um, uh, um, survive and no, especially not the... Like, a rigid political regime like we have it in China can survive uh, the, the, the population collapse that's coming. And it's not just that they are below repl uh, uh, replacement level like we in the, in the West are. They're only replacing with guys, right? So, mm -hmm. so and guys cannot have, have, have uh, children on their own, right? So, um, so my theory is that basically the Americans said, well, we'll build you up, we'll build you up. But you know what? You're, a, you're too many. You're too yeah. many. How about that one-child policy? You know that sounds like a good idea for a good communist country. Let's 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 try that, right? Knowing full well that basically, looking at what they did under Mao and whatever, they are like economically they're just too stupid. And I don't. I, I have to say one thing. I mean, I try to learn a lot about about China and and, and Russia and 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 geopolitics. So I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. I know that they are. They, they just they live in a whole different structure. And there's an argument to be made that China is the only, the only country that has a social structure going back thousands of years and is basically... So 
basically there you can make an argument that China is the only civilization that we still have like as as a, as a coherent structure but but in the current structure under this uh, insane communists with that demographics that we have right now China is going to collapse and and that's why I'm not very I'm actually that, that's why I think my personal opinion if you really want to go there and if you're still listening to what to, to, to the mad ramblings of Nico in Vienna my personal opinion is China's going to collapse and uh, the US is going to uh, take Bitcoin and put the nail in the coffin because the communists cannot deal with hard money well it's a theory it's a theory <laughs> Uh, well, look, one of the best, I would say, um, Western academics on it is uh, Frank Dictotter. Peter Zeihan. This one for you? Okay. <laughs> I'm, for, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Frank Dictotter. Um, so he wrote a book. He's written a, a couple of them that was about um, the Great Leap and about Mao and, and just sort of how things have evolved. And the issue that one thing that Thomas Sowell identified in his books, so we're talking about economics, is that most of the innovators that come out of the Chinese system, you know, leave and go abroad. So some of them remain loyal and become spooks and spies. That's what's happening in Australia. That's what's happening in Canada right now, if you guys are following that in any way. Aren't, like, you, aren't you supposed to be like spy for China? Technically. Uh, t always? Technically, yeah. But then you have a lot of them who, and this is what Thomas Sal kind of recognized, become what they call minority entrepreneurs. So they move to parts of Africa. And yes, they'll start firms and have exclusive contracts for Chinese companies, but then they start branching out on their own. Once they actually feel, once the capitalism hits their face and goes down their body and they actually feel it and the wealth from it, they actually start branching out. And that, that's kind of what Hong Kong presented for a long time is this opportunity for Chinese mainlanders to actually basically self-custody their wealth more so than uh, on the mainland. No, they, buy, they just buy up Vancouver, right? Uh, well, yeah, the apartment buildings in Vancouver, the apartment buildings uh, in New Zealand and the houses in New Zealand. So all of these countries, you know, have all these taxes that they have. If you're a foreign person and try to buy an apartment in Canada, it's 15% tax. doesn't matter if you're from Austria or China. Same thing. But 15% tax does not shock me if I come from Austria. Well, so, yeah, so of course if, not. If, of Austrians, course not. <laughs> if Austrians ever buy up real estate en masse in Canada, you're, you're not going to stop us by 15% tax. No, no, there won't be. A, that's, that's savings. What are you talking about? Uh, but it's, it's interesting about you know, the China thing. And we're seeing a very interesting parallel with TikTok right now and okay. how institutions are dealing with TikTok. I mean, TikTok is just so pervasive now politicians using it and you know there's now this decree that government devices can't have tiktok installed which by the way if you're a government bureaucrat who has tiktok on your government phone you should be fired anyway but i don't make the rules but now in the european union the united states canada uh, australia no government phones can have tiktok downloaded because we know that the information is accessed in beijing we know that they have all kinds of information we know that the chinese military hacked TransUnion and Equifax, which probably doesn't mean anything to you, but that's 167 million Americans' credit records. So my information was in that hack. This was back in 2018. There's this huge hacks of the credit agencies, and it emanated from the Chinese military. So they have all this information. They've got all your TikTok dances that <laughs> have been saved. Not to say that they're going to turn everything into a prison camp, but there's a possibility for control down the line. 
And do you, do you think that anybody like working in, at the European Commission is already on Noster instead of TikTok? Oh, I'm sure there are a few um, at the commission. I mean, look, the, the interesting thing about the European institutions is that you do have a lot of good freedom people who are on the inside, who are basically stopping the worst ideas. And I would say the commission overall compared to the parliament is just much better. Oh, yeah, that's what I heard, too. The commission, at least, is a liberalizing force. You know, they're actually trying to open up markets. So I'm, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I do talk to people within the, <coughs> the, the Austrian government every now and then. Oh, And I'm okay. not going to, to, to repeat what somebody <laughs> pretty high up told me about the European Parliament uh, um, recently, but it wasn't pretty. Mm. It wasn't pretty. And you see this with, with Bitcoin as well. I mean, these, you basically have socialists, right? Uh, who have no idea what they're doing. They just hate it when people do something on their own. Um, and you have uh, socialists doing... The government is the only thing we all belong to. And, and they are... I mean, they, 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 first they, they like do a horrible leg legislation and they try to stop proof-of-work proof mining. And by the way, um, and then it's, the, the argument is always, yeah, we, we can ban proof-of-work in Europe because nobody is using it anyway. But that's not true because especially on the small scale, you know, um, I'm talking about TerraHash in, in Munich who are, who are doing an energy lab and who are trying to figure out um, how to use Bitcoin mining as an energy sink um, and, 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 and both a first buyer and the last buyer of energy, right? So the first buyer would be you, 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 you get a new energy source as a company, for example, you mm -hmm. know, especially um, German okay. companies. They, they have huge energy bills. So if you get the, a chance to get like photovoltaic or something like that, you know, solar energy, um, but you, maybe you make more energy than you need or maybe you, need, you, you make energy, but you don't need the energy straight away because you don't have the machines or whatever, right? Um, you need a first buyer. And then even if you, If you have the machines, you need a buyer of last resort if, you, if, if there's more energy that, than, than you need, right? Um, so they are doing stuff like that. And then somebody invites me on, on Telegram. Somebody invites me. Um, how's if, your trading going? If I, <laughs> how's my trade going? Uh, and somebody on Telegram, they invite me and tell me, you know, you want to come into the solo mining group. We have a German solo mining group, right? Um, um, for people who have like one S9 running or okay. who are like or even there's like USB mining right and doing it together just to you know yeah. to, to, to and and um, we'll join that with your miner but that's Ooh. not a story um, but and I log on to, onto the onto the telegram group it's 600 people And I'm like, what the hell? How, how is there 600 people? I didn't even know that you can have like different sections of Telegram groups. Like it's like a forum and you, can, you only reach that when you have 500 people. So, and I'm not really into like Telegram mass chats, right? Because you have no time to read it. Yeah. So, so now we covered Nostr, we covered TikTok and sure we covered yeah. Telegram. Um, <laughs> We talked about Twitter. Did we talk about Twitter? I don't know. I don't want to talk about Twitter. Um, It's a shitcoin now. How we, how we, how we, you know, did we miss anything important? I didn't really talk a lot about Nigeria and, and, and Lebanon. So the thing with Nigeria and Lebanon, I mean, you can listen to it on the podcast and I hope people have listened to it anyway. I think it's just, it's really important to see um, the difference between um, us in the so-called West, you know, we always think we're so rich and so great, whatever. Um, as in the so-called West, compared to people who actually need the technology of Bitcoin immediately. Yeah. And when you and, and then I look at it and, and I talk to many Bitcoiners and, that, and I ask them, where they, where, you know, how did they get into Bitcoin? And, and some 
have a similar story than you do. They used it as a transactional currency first, actually. You know, maybe to buy drugs, maybe to pay people at the other side of the world, or maybe to just get along in Nigeria. Um, and I think that these people have a special relationship to Bitcoin. And, and I finally understand why so many old-school Bitcoiners would insist on using it as a transactional currency and why it's so important to use it to buy beer at the Bitcoin conference, you know. Um, I get it that it's not technically necessary to use it all the time, but I do also get that, like, even from a philosophical point of view, we need that. Yeah. We need that because I don't want my, I don't want my <clears throat> bank calling me, asking me questions about some wire transfer. That's none of their business. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's the problem of the fiat system is... They make it their business to know. And it is one thing that you can already start opting out of. And, you know, I, I do the small test. Everybody kind of does it. You have some service. You use something. You know, do you accept Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want some sats for that. I, I, so I, we, have a, we have a new babysitter, right? Oh, congratulations. They're hard to find. <laughs> she's still in school. And I'm like, uh, and of course, I asked her if she accepts Bitcoin, but she didn't. And she looked at me like, like I was crazy. Did you mean yeah. Tezos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Should we call this the Tezos episode? No, um, <laughs> um, but I, I would say that you know, starting to use it much more for ordinary things is is important and good. And one thing that is interesting, relating it back to Noster, because I always ask this question: It's like, how many Noster people have you do you know in real life? Right. So, how many Bitcoiners do you actually actively know in your day-to-day -day life? How many of them can you interact with if you go out for beers or have a meal? You know, someone pays and then everybody else pays up in Bitcoin. You know, how many people can you actually do that with and have, you know, your own network that you create and make the use cases? You know, you start using the Lightning channels. I mean, I've had my Lightning node now for a couple of years and understanding how to balance. Lightning channels, liquidity, understanding how payments work or don't work or how the paths are. I mean, that is something that we have to work out. And unfortunately, most people aren't doing that because everyone is kind of in HODL mode, HODL mentality, right? But then you can also use it understand how the technology works. And I think that's what I'm most excited by is that there are other tools that people are using. There are all kinds of instances where people can use it. I mean, I'm trying to use it as much as I can when I get my hair cut, when I use servers online, when I'm trying to buy any kind of food. I mean, Vienna is kind of tough. We need many more of these. I mean, I have to say that when it comes to the technical <clears throat> stuff, but people know that I, I have like imposter syndrome, right? So you know way more about like lightning channels and nodes. Yeah, and, but that's stuff um, like that. all that stuff is really just tweaking it's and just, learning yeah, but, and it's it's and the thing is is we're always at the building blocks and the building stages and then once the the shiny clean cash apps come out it just makes it easy for everyone yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then it's intuitive yeah yeah yeah. no no i see that i see i just i just it's a time thing but but, but on the other hand it's maybe it's just right now i'm just way too busy you know, getting into camera gear, ah, <laughs> so apparently. we can we can tape this. But uh, uh, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, um, yeah, can you send us off, please? Yeah, well, Nico, it was a pleasure to chat. I'd invite everybody to head on over to fixthemoney.net. Check out the brand new website, Solo Domain. Looks beautiful. Uh, there'll be more podcasts. There'll be articles. I mean, content being thrown at you. 
every week. So we've but got signal, to, no noise. Yes, only signal. And basically interviews with people from all over the world, all walks of life, articles that are kind of pressing the all the matters of the moment. Um, so very cool to catch up on them, Nico. And uh, let's talk again soon. Well, thank you for um, doing this again with me. Thank you for everybody f uh, for listening um, and tuning in. It's really great for me to be able to you know stay connected to the wider Bitcoin ecosystem um, because everybody you know in the end we all talk we all speak english right but then there is this subsections like in the telegram forum everybody has a subsection and um, i spend most of my time in the, in the german subsection and it's nice um we, we should we should probably do a, a whole like an episode about like what's going on in 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 germany and in a german-speaking world i think people would be very interested in that um but it's great to to connect with people um i did another interview with coin stories podcast um no not coin stories i'm sorry about that it's not coin stories coin stories was natalie brunel's right um rabbit hole stories so that's two guys from london who are doing who are doing well your personal rabbit hole story right ah, uh, nice. and i think it's a good idea it's basically it, it actually they, they they stole it from um the german der Weg, which is a german okay. podcast it's a subsection of the 21 podcast it all gets very complicated once the germans nodes get upon involved. nodes upon nodes but but what i wanted to say is i really enjoy this very much and um until next time yeah totally.